Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 71. Happy Cinco de Mayo and a happy future Mother's Day coming up this weekend. We thank you for being here with us. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Our Place Restaurant. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic in Mansfield is still reduced but stubborn. And a space story. The incumbents score big in local elections. Former mayor takes a friendly ribbing in the state house. People say I'm kind of oily and that my background is rather spotty. I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. I'll put that experience to work for you in the Ask Terry segment later in the show. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and this week, the Cocktail of the Week segment moves to the 20-minute talk segment as correspondent Brian Certain and friends join Steve in studio to reveal the official cocktail of the About Mansfield podcast. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area, and when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction, a Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. Did you know that Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Plan to become a detective, lawyer, or a police officer? Earn a degree in criminal justice at Southwestern Adventist University. Go to swau.edu to learn more. Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 817- That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, I'm Michelle Newsom, Mansfield School Board Trustee, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. 
This portion of the news is brought to you by Trinity Roofing and Construction. The COVID-19 epidemic spread is reduced, but still stubborn in Mansfield. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb has the update. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. On Monday, May 3rd, Tarrant County reported 7,289 Mansfieldians had caught the virus, 7,044 had recovered, and 138 had died from the virus since the start over a year ago. We had 30 new cases this past week, a decrease from the week before, still a low number compared to the earlier months this year. The county estimates we now have about 245 active cases in Mansfield, a small decrease from the previous week. It appears that the recent weeks of up and down in new and active cases means we're on a plateau in Mansfield, meaning the virus is still here and spreading, just at a low level. This is consistent with the assessment by our county public health professionals that we still have community spread of the epidemic now just at a moderate level. Mansfield ISD reports 22 active cases among students and four among staff, a small increase over recent weeks, but well below the numbers we saw in December and January. This past week, Tarrant County reported that 37% of Mansfield citizens had received at least one immunization compared to 27% countywide. Note that the fully vaccinated percentages are a bit smaller and not reported for the city of Mansfield. We had another new COVID COVID-19 death in Mansfield this past week. Looking at the county-wide numbers, most of Tarrant County's epidemic indicators continue to improve. A slight increase in fatalities over the last week suggests a stubborn plateau. County-wide hospitalizations with the virus has continued its slow but very steady decline with last week's average of 136 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus, a decrease over the previous week, but still lower hospitalization rate than we have seen since last May. Another indicator, R sub T, has increased to 0.0. What this means for every 100 people the county knows to be infected, they expect these 100 people to infect 97 other people. The epidemic is still here and spreading, just at a low level. Tarrant County reports that 19% of all Tarrant County residents have received their final immunization shot. This is progress, but a long way to go to immunize herd immunity. Our county judge, Glenn Whitley, encourages all citizens to register and get vaccinated. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. The results are in, and May 1st was a big night for local incumbents in Mansfield, as city council persons Mike Lehman, Casey Lewis, and Julie Short have all been re-elected to the Mansfield City Council. Lewis had three opponents on the ballot, but still pulled the highest percentage points of all three races, taking in 63% of the votes in Tarrant County. City results will remain unofficial until they are canvassed on Monday, May 10th. Over in the MISD school board race, incumbent Michelle Newsom was the big winner of the night, taking in 72% of the Tarrant County votes for place one. Newsom was pleasantly surprised by the number of people who turned out to vote. I think I was shocked by the numbers when I first looked at them, just because there had been such an incredible voter turnout. It was just well more than we're used to seeing in in normal, you know, local elections. So I was very excited about how many people turned out to vote. I'm super excited to get back to work for our community and the kids of MISD and continue on with this great team. We've done a lot of great things together and and only more to come. So we've got a lot of work to do uh, post-COVID now. Our challenges are different, but they're nonetheless of greater importance. 
I just want to thank everybody in the Mansfield community and in MISD. You know, we encompass well more than just the Mansfield local community. We're in we're in several other cities, including Arlington and Grand Prairie. And I just want to thank all the voters for coming out and taking an opportunity to cast your vote. Um, and make sure that your voice was heard and entrusting me to make great decisions with the district and for the kids and, and their kids that are so close to their heart. So I just want to say thank you. In the race for place two, incumbent Des Thomas fell short of achieving the necessary 50% plus one votes to win outright and will face Yolanda McPherson in a runoff. And with seven candidates vying for place four, it was almost a given that it would wind up in a runoff. And it did, as Keja, Valdez Farrar, and Corinne Fiagami were the top two vote getters. School board results will remain unofficial until they are canvassed on Tuesday, May 11th. Former Mansfield Mayor and now State Representative David Cook was the brunt of some goodwilled ribbing when Cook introduced his first bill on the House floor last week, HB 851. The chair recognizes Mr. Cook to lay out his very first bill. This bill is simply about fairness. Mr. Materials who stand Mr. Harris, for what purpose? Will the gentleman yield for some questions? Will the gentleman yield for questions? Yes, yield for questions. The gentleman yield for questions. Mr. Cook, this is your first bill, correct? Correct. What, I understand that you've got a bunch of different nicknames. What do you? What do your grandkids call you? Cookie. Cookie. Okay. All right. Members, please give Representative Cookie your attention. <laughs> Oh my God. Mr. Cook, I'm a Baptist pastor. Your bill says, caption here, it's relating to the admission of a party. What kind of parties? Parties that are very calm. Uh, Mr. Cookie, <laughs> I understand you reside in the same unit, facility, the facility that I stay in during session. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Or when you acquired that facility or rented it, is there a reason why you acquired it directly above mine? <laughs> Do you think you're better than I am? No, no, sir. Uh, Representative Cookie, is it true that you love 80s music? Absolutely. Is it true that you actually, back in the day, you had a mullet as well? That is, that is correct. Oh, my gosh. All right. You ever thought about maybe rocking that again? I mean, I think it looked pretty good. Maybe if I make it into my 80s, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm, you know, particularly with COVID, you know, a lot of folks took the opportunity to kind of grow out their hair. Maybe you should have done that. So, the chair recognizes Mr. Pokey to close on the bill. Move passage, Mr. Speaker. The ayes have HB 8501 is passed in gross. For those who were listening to the podcast last week, we had our on our talk segment was Jason Perrin, the program director from the lot, and not only did we talk about the entire spring summer schedule, but specifically that's coming up on July 10th, is the annual Meat, Mugs, and Music event. And here in the studio today, not only is he the title sponsor, but he is also one of the, or the coordinator for the cook-off, is Joe Jenkins. You're here to pitch for some businesses. Is it? Call to action. Call yeah. to action. Tell um, me about the what, what's going on. Well, so Jason and I had been talking about Meat, Mugs, and Music. In the past, we've had a steak cook-off and then a steak dinner. And they wanted to move away from that, do something a little different. So my idea was, well, let's get local businesses involved. So being a small business in Mansfield, being a small business that tries to support downtown as much as possible, I thought, well, let's bring in other small businesses. And we want our participants this year to actually be 
business owners in Mansfield. They can set up their tent. We'll have an area where all the vendors slash cooks will be. And so not only the businesses can participate in the cook-off, but they can also hand out stuff about their business. And, For sure. And, and, and be a vendor. Promote. Mansfield's always been really good about supporting its businesses, mm-hmm. and I'm real excited about it. It's going to be fun. Let's talk about the format of the cook-off. Okay. And, and so, what's what are businesses in store for? Well, we're going to do it a little differently this year. Um, we're going to actually have three separate events. The first event is going to be what I'm just calling a, a small bite, and this is going to be a something you can serve to them on a toothpick or a, very easily. A little bit later, we're going to actually have a burger cook-off. We're going to provide all the meat, so everyone will kind of be on an even playing field as far as the quality of the beef and you know that sort of thing. But we're going to so we're going to do a burger cook-off, so everybody will make their best burger. You can add whatever you want to it, fancy it up however you want. We will actually end the evening with a steak cook-off. Everybody will be provided a very similar steak. We will cook those off, and we're gonna we're gonna have some. Uh, Local judges, um, it, we, we're still working on those, but we're working on some people that own some local restaurants, maybe a podcast host. Or a celebrity. Or a celebrity. A, a local celebrity podcast host, <laughs> let's say that, would want to come in and uh, be a judge for us. The event is on July 10th. Yes. Takes place at the Lot Downtown. How can businesses sign up to be a, a, a participant in the cook-off? The easiest thing to do is going to be to go to the lotdowntown.com. There's actually a form there where they can fill out, hey, I'm interested, or let us fill out some information and let us know they're interested. Then we will reach out and we'll get you all the pertinent details. We're still working on a lot of those. We've still got a little bit of time, but here it is, May, and July will be here before we know it. You can also go to the Lot Facebook page, and that'll give you a link to their website or a link to this, this form, or you can call our our office is 817-472-6058. 817-472-6058. July 10th, a call for businesses to participate in the Meat, Mugs, and Music Cook-Off. Uh, Joe Jenkins, title sponsor and coordinator of the Cook-Off. Uh, thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thanks for having us. We'll hope to see you all July 10th. It's time now for the Ask Terry segment. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist, and he answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Today we have a very um, interesting note from Natalie who writes, Dear Terry, love your show. Do you know how I can get oil stains off my driveway? Love, Natalie. Well, I don't think I've ever gotten a question with the word love in it twice, so thanks for that, Natalie. Got to be a first for everything. And the answer is, yes, I do know how you can get oil stains off your driveway. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and oh you'd like to actually know how to get oil stains off your driveway. Well, the solution depends on a couple of things. Getting the spot off an asphalt surface versus a concrete one takes different techniques, as well as getting a wet oil spot off the surface as opposed to a dried spot. You'd think that getting motor oil off an asphalt surface wouldn't be really necessary, since the asphalt surface is black and the oil kind of blends right in. But, of course, the oil does create a slip hazard on the asphalt, and over time the oil can break down the tar in the asphalt and actually cause the aggregate to crumble apart. In this case, you're not really getting a spot off the driveway per se, but you still need to remove the oil. The easiest way to do it that won't cause any damage to the asphalt surface is to use 
a good quality degreasing dishwashing detergent, and I find that Concentrated Dawn and its store brand equivalents do the best job. Remove as much of the oil as you can by sprinkling some cat litter or sand or baking soda on top of the spot, sweep it up, and dispose of it safely. I usually then just squirt enough soap on the oil to cover it with a light film, give it about a minute or so to work, then spray it with a little water and scrub with a stiff bristle brush. If you don't want to get down on hands and knees, you can get what's called a deck brush, which is a bristle brush that you can screw a threaded broom handle into and scrub it hard like you're an Olympic curler trying to get that stone to turn into your opponents. Rinse with some more water and see if there's still an oil film remaining on the surface. If there is, repeat until you can't see oil reflected in the rinse water. With concrete, if the oil is still fresh, you're going to do the exact thing I just described. Absorb as much of the oil as you can, then wash with detergent. If the stain's pretty recent, like within the past 24 hours, you might well be done right there. On older spots, there's a million different remedies out there when you do an online search, using everything from WD-40, which sounds counterintuitive because it's oil too, to Coke or Pepsi. But I'll tell you what I've found to work best acid. I would start with strong vinegar, one with about a 20 to 30 percent strength, not the 5 percent stuff you use in cooking. And I usually recommend doing the soap and water cleaning first because the vinegar won't really do much of a job of getting rid of the oil itself. After all, you can blend oil and vinegar and put it on a salad so you know that the two can mix. Scrub well with the dish detergent solution, rinse, and allow the spot to dry thoroughly. The most important reason for doing that is so that you can see that the acid is working. Before you start with the next step, don a pair of safety glasses and some rubber gloves to protect yourself. Apply the vinegar to the spot and try to keep it contained to the spot as best as you can. The vinegar will likely etch and remove the Portland cement from the surface of the concrete and lighten it a bit so you don't want to end up cleaning the entire driveway if you don't have to. Agitate with that stiff bristle brush, then neutralize the acid with some baking soda and rinse. You should be able to tell if you've got it by then, or you might have to do a couple of more applications. And for really stubborn spots that have penetrated a bit deeper into the cement, you might have to go with a bit stronger product. What I don't recommend at this point is muriatic acid, the stuff you use to adjust the pH of your swimming pool and make steel get rusty and antique while you're doing a Pinterest project. It's way too strong and will likely leave a yellow spot on the concrete as well as pitting the surface pretty badly. Go to the flooring section of your favorite home improvement store and grab a container of grout haze remover. It's a stronger acid than vinegar and it's what is used to get excess grout, which is really a cement product, off the surface of ceramic or porcelain tile. You can actually go one step further than that if you really need to and get a phosphoric acid cleaner in the same department. That stuff is pretty potent, but not as strong as muriatic acid. You'll have to cut it with water and fiddle with the concentration a bit, but it'll usually work as a worst case solution. And needless to say, once again, take all necessary safety precautions and wear personal protective equipment when you're working with the acids, even with the vinegar. All of those chemicals will irritate your skin and cause damage to your eyes if you get splashed. Again, have plenty of baking soda around because you'll need it to neutralize the acid after you clean and before you rinse, and it'll help soften the blow a bit if you get any of the acid on you. 
Well, Natalie, thanks for the love and for the question. I hope I was able to help. And if you have a home improvement or repair question or problem, send it my way. You can reach me via the podcast email or through my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. Hit me with your best shot. I'm always looking for a stumper. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Home Improvement Specialist. Terry Radswin. Again, you can submit your home improvement questions to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry returns next week with another question. Perhaps it'll be yours. Looking beyond the atmosphere, roving science reporter Dennis Webb has a report about space. Dennis? A cool thing happened this past weekend. An American spaceship, a SpaceX Dragon capsule named by its crew to be Resilience, carried four human beings, left the International Space Station, and splashed down in the Gulf of Mexico. They burned off all the orbital kinetic energy through friction with the atmosphere, shrouding them in a hot plasma as they slowed down, like a meteor, and were picked up in the darkness of night by a small SpaceX recovery ship after 168 days in orbit. The crew's replacements had launched to the ISS on a second Dragon capsule called Endeavour a week before. NASA offers some materials for educators about this next mission and a lot of other topics. See the link in this podcast episode's webpage. NASA has a lot of resources for educators. About the crew who splashed down. Shannon Walker is the 27th American to be commander of the International Space Station. This is 27th uh, in 130 crews. She was the third female commander of the International Space Station, and this was her second mission there. Shannon is the only astronaut to claim Houston, Texas as her hometown, and she attended the same Houston high school I attended many years apart. It appears that we had the same calculus teacher. She has a PhD in space physics. I'm grateful that Shannon and I got to work together a little before she became an astronaut. Victor Glover was the first African-American to live and work on the space station, though others had visited briefly as a part of space shuttle visits. He has three master's degree and previously worked as a test pilot, a naval aviator, and was serving as a legislative fellow in the United States Senate when he was selected to be an astronaut. This was his first flight to space, and he served as pilot of the resilience capsule. Also on this flight was Japanese astronaut astronaut Soichi Noguchi in his third space flight as a representative of his country's space program. His first space flight was on the space shuttle flight STS-114. This was the first shuttle flight after STS-107 Columbia broke up over North Texas, killing all seven astronauts. Soichi later lived on the International Space Station as a part of Expedition 2223, launching and returning on a Russian Soyuz spaceship. This flight of resilience to and from the Earth, or from and to the Earth, was commanded by Michael Hopkins, and he was commander of the space capsules flying, which is different from Shannon Walker's commander as the operation on board the International Space Station. With a master's degree in aerospace engineering, he served around the world with the U.S. Air Force, generally as a project engineer and project manager, studying languages and public policy, and he worked at the Pentagon for a while. During 
his previous time in space at the ISS, also getting there on a Russian Soyuz rocket and capsule. In 2020, he voluntarily transferred from the Air Force to the U.S. Space Force, one of the first. The crew was welcomed back to Earth by newly confirmed NASA Administrator Bill Nelson, former U.S. Senator from Florida, who flew on the Space Shuttle Columbia in 1986, completing this mission 10 days before the Challenger explosion. This space flight represented several important firsts. First, the flight represents the first time a space capsule has carried people on its second launch and return to Earth. SpaceX designed these capsules for, for reuse, and resilience worked well. Second, this resilience flight is the longest single American mission to orbit by any human-crewed spacecraft that launches and lands. Space shuttles only stayed at space a week or two, and the earlier American space capsule stayed in space for shorter periods, the longest being the Apollo spacecraft stayed at the American Skylab in 1973 and 74 as a part of the Skylab 4 mission, which was 84 days. Russian spaceships might have been in space longer. In my long career at NASA, I considered any human going to space to be a remarkable achievement of human culture, and I am richly pleased by this event. Others might think differently, but I ask you to consider this remarkable American achievement accomplished by these remarkable public servants supported by an industry and government partnership. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. If you're expecting to hear the Cocktail of the Week segment right now, Brian has moved to the extended 20-minute talk segment this week as we talk about the AM Podtail, a delicious original drink that has become the official cocktail of the About Mansfield podcast. That segment is coming up shortly, so stay with us. Saturday is National Miniature Golf Day, or as we say here in Texas, Putt-Putt. Miniature golf can be traced back to the 19th century, originally created in Victorian Scotland to allow women to play golf. At the time, it was considered unladylike for women to raise a golf club above their shoulder level. Thus, regular golf was not an option. Nowadays, of course, miniature golf is played worldwide by women, men, and children. Let's check the seven-day weather forecast and hear with her best Alexa impersonation is Colleen. Weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. Wednesday. Just kidding. This week, we're looking at pretty nice temperatures. Wednesday, we're going to be 78 degrees and sunny. Thursday, 82 degrees and sunny. And Friday, still seasonal, 83 degrees and sunny. Saturday, we're looking at 85 degrees with clouds and 20 to 30 mile per hour winds, giving you plenty of excuses for a less than perfect putt-putt performance. Sunday will be 88 and slightly less windy with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. Could still work for a lovely Mother's Day brunch on the patio. Monday will also be 88 degrees, and Tuesday's looking like it will be 84 degrees. We'll be moving into a slightly more unsettled weather pattern going into Monday and Tuesday, with increasing chances for rain. According to the Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield sprinklers need to be turned off. Most lawns received over two inches of rain last week, and it will be good for the soil to dry out a bit this week. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. 
Com. We welcome all feedback about the program, whether it's a specific news story or a feature that you heard. Chris writes, thank you so much for the candidate interviews before the elections. They were so valuable in helping me be an informed voter. Chris, the pleasure is all ours. Thank you for the kind words. You got a comment or something you need to get off your chest? Feel free to chime in by email at comments at aboutmansfield.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, our listener comment line, 817-435-2938. We will read or play back your comments in a future show. Congratulations to Aria Grace, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What year did Vernon Newsom Stadium open, and what is its official seating capacity? According to the Mansfield ISD website, Vernon Newsom Stadium opened in 2006 and can seat 11,134 soccer, football, and marching band fans. Area has won $40 in brunch bucks to First Watch Cafe. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's WISE, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip. The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking Looking for a better place to record? Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. 
It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Our Place Restaurant. It's real home cooking, featuring breakfast all day, as well as lunch and fresh baked homemade pies. They're open daily, 6 to 3. You can find them on the internet at ourplacerestaurants.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve... As you may know, part of the city of Mansfield dips into both Johnson and Ellis counties. Johnson County was founded in 1854, and Claiborne is the county seat. This week's trivia question is, who is Johnson County named after? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who is Johnson County named after? Good luck. And thanks to Benji at Our Place for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And if you're listening to the podcast on the day that it is released, today is Wednesday. It is May 5th. Yes, it is Cinco de Mayo. And here in the studio, we're going to be doing something a little bit different because usually I just have one, maybe two people in the in the studio to interview. Today we have three because we're going to do something a little bit different. In the studio today, working from my left, your right, we have our Cocktail of the Week guy, uh, reporter, is Brian Certain. Hello, Brian. Hey, Steve. Glad to be here. And then we have... uh, Now, Brian is with uh, a, a group called Bourbon Gospel. And you are the the pastor? I'm the senior pastor. You're the senior pastor. I'm the chief mixologist and the master cooker. And then to your left, my right, your left, that would be your associate pastor. That would be Hugh Hunton. He's the executive pastor. Okay. And, and chief pilot. And chief pilot. Who is also a former guest here on the About Mansfield podcast. We talked about uh, being a an ATC, an air traffic yes. controller. And you still haven't rode my airplane with me. I have not... But we'll get there. Okay. And also another former guest here on the podcast is Carmen McMillan. Welcome to uh, the podcast. Hi, Steve. I thought I was here for a job interview with Bourbon Gospel. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> so we are here today on Cinco de Mayo because Brian has concocted an original cocktail. Correct. That we're calling the About Mansfield Pod Tail, playing on the podcast. We went to um, a friend of mine's restaurant, uh, Medea from Scratch up in Plano, and Ryan was kind enough to play bartender with us for... About an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And we played with several different flavors of things we were thinking about. And um, Ryan was kind enough to, to mix and blend and kind of collaborate with us. And um, and we came up with three really outstanding cocktails, one of which the final one today will be the pod tail. But the other two were simply too good not to talk about and to try as well. Okay. So we have three different different cocktails that and these are all original to you the other two are original to Medea oh, okay um, the third one the final one is my original so for the, the listeners we are going to take you through a journey of three different cocktails you can make these at home or you can go up to Plano to again the restaurant is yeah Medea from scratch they are in grapevine Plano and South Lake and they are going to be serving the am pod tail are they not next 
the Plano location will be next Wednesday. Okay. But only if people ask for it. And you're going to take us through step-by-step for each one of the uh, the cocktails. That's what I'm hoping to do. And we said that a party is never fun without other people. And so when you and I were talking about this, we said we should do this as a bigger segment and invite some people to enjoy and imbibe and give us their impressions. Right. And that's why Hugh is here. That's why Carmen is here. And shoot, that's why I'm here. <laughs> is we are here to actually sample and give our review of the uh, of the three cocktails that uh, that uh, Brian is about to concoct and uh, so Brian uh, go ahead and start uh, explain what we're going to do with cocktail number one so the first one is called the New Mexican Margarita or New Mexican uh, Martini, and um, it's a takeoff on a dirty martini. So um, the ingredients are going to include olives. Um, we're going to use some habanero agave. We're going to use uh, silver tequila. We're going to use an orange liqueur and lime, fresh lime juice. Um, and we're going to serve this in a martini glass mm-hmm. um, that we currently have chilling while we're waiting. All right. So um, so what we're going to start with is we're going to start with, um, for as many people are here, we're going to start with probably about four or five um, big Spanish olives. These are actually olives that have a combination of either garlic or um, jalapenos in them. I'm going to include a little bit of the brine from it as well. Um, and then I'm going to pour in... For this group, I'm going to pour in about three ounces of the habanero agave. The habanero agave is a little bit more difficult to resource in that the only place I know to get it from is the manager at Medea. He actually imports this and sells it and sells the agave in about um, 20 bars in the Dallas area. Now, is this going to burn my face off? It will not. If you tried it... On the back of a spoon, it might, but inside the cocktail, it's going to, I'm kind of one of the things that my cocktails are known for are for having um, a little bit of a kick on the back of your palate. So you're going to pick up the the lime, you're going to pick up um, the other flavors that are in there, and then you're going to pick up that habanero at the back of your palate, but blended with the cocktail, um, you're going to be really surprised. I played a lot with jalapeno extract um, and got very proficient and that kind of became a signature on all of my cocktails. And so, of course, we've got to include that in this one as well. So the habanero agave, we just took a little dip of our finger in that. Carmen, what you, uh, would you think of that? It's hot, but uh, the agave is so smooth that uh, that it's nice. It was a little sweet, a little mm-hmm. like, like honey. Like a honey texture. And you, that's, uh, and that's the agave part of it. So, so right now you are muddling the olives and the agave. Correct. In a shake. Yeah, it's, it's the small end of a shaker set. Thank you. So I'm now pouring that into that container that has ice in it already. And then I'm going to measure out for this crowd, I'm going to measure out three um, ounces of tequila. Tell me about the tequila. Espelon. It's a it's a clear tequila. It's got the uh, the rooster on it with a if you've never seen it before with a skeleton on it riding it with a big old he's got a big old spoon. It's affordable. 
It comes in a handle, which is a 1.75 liter, if you've never heard the term handle before. And it's 40 to $50, so it's a very drinkable tequila. Since we're putting it in a cocktail, there's no reason you need to get those, uh, what are they called, uh, the other types? Reposados. Reposados. And yejos. yeah, there's no reason to spend that extra money on that. You're putting another ingredient into the shaker. So I'm putting in some fresh lime juice. Yeah. Uh, and then we have one final ingredient, which is orange liqueur. Traditionally, that would be something like Cointreau or Triple Sec. Triple Sec would be the cheapest of those. This one is actually a Texas one that I'm quite fond of. And with it being Cinco de Mayo, I felt like a Texas uh, orange liqueur was called for. Um, and it's made uh, down in Austin, and it's by the name of Paula's. And Paula's makes a, 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 a lemon, like a limoncello. Yep. Steve, you know all about limoncello. I make that at home. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. So that so if anyone from the federal government, he's distilling his own liquor <laughs> at home. I guess you're actually only blending. You're not distilling. This, this is quite exciting that we are, we actually have a full-on bar right here at the talk table in, in our studio. First time? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. But well, not the first time to drink in here. No, because when Brian was a guest on the show talking about bourbons... We sampled some. We actually had Old Fashions, mm-hmm. um, which are one of Steve's new favorites. I was glad to help indoctrinate him into that. And then we're going to shake the cocktail, and we're going to shake it pretty thoroughly. Um, with this shaker, you're really, you don't feel the cold on it like you do in a traditional shaker. But I'm now going to pour into a, another glass so that the martini glass is now chilled. So the martini glass is now empty, but it is chilled. He just poured the ice out into another glass just to hold it. So the martini glass is now empty. He has poured the drink into the martini glass, and he's now serving up four samples. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you when you say samples, you, you're not kidding. Well, again, I'm, I'm limited by the shaker, <laughs> but I'm not true. limited by the amount of alcohol that's available. <laughs> if there's one in particular that people like, I can definitely um, fulfill that request. <laughs> but this one may not hit y'all's palates the way it hit mine. Um, interestingly, my executive pastor here, Hugh, when we went to try this, was like... He, he was olives? like, olives, yuck. Like, <laughs> but after he tried the cocktail, he was like, olives, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a yellowish drink. And that's partially from the broken down olives, but also from the um, just the other colors, the lime, the orange liqueur, the tequila. Obviously, tequila was clear, but you should on the nose pick up that brininess, the saltiness on the on the on. And there's a lot of herbaceousness as well, vegetables. To me, um, it just makes it smooth. So the olive in it does smell a bit like a martini, kind of at first. Yes, it should. So is this where we try it? Salute. Salute. Hmm. Getting the habanero yeah. now. Yes, there is it a little is bit spicy. of spicy. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, the orange liqueur. I feel like that just brightens it up mm-hmm. so much. It makes it taste more fresh. It's mm-hmm. got a fresher feel to it than maybe a martini. Yeah, and again, a martini is not going to have the Cointreau or the Paula's in sure. it. Sure. So that's going to really that's really what's going to help identify it as mm-hmm. a margarita mm-hmm. is the Cointreau. Again, it kind of depends on your bar and how expensive you want your bar to be. It's delicious, so. and if you. You couldn't find the um, the habanero agave, or if you wanted something a little less uh, potent, would what would you suggest as like a comparable substitute for that piece? So a traditional would just be a regular um, agave. Let's go around the table. Hugh, your thoughts on the 
dirty margarita? Salty, briny, sweet, hot. It's uh, quite delicious. Though I don't think I'll go run home and kiss my wife on the mouth because she go, ouch! Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's very good. Carmen, thoughts? It's delicious. It's very unique. I don't think I would have ever conceived of the olive in a margarita. And it works. It's yeah. delicious. What are you thinking about the drink there, Steve? There's none of it left in my cup, so <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had, I've in fact, I've made at home jalapeno margaritas, and which are really nice because they they just taste taste like regular margaritas until about two or three minutes later they sneak up. They sneak up on you. There's a little bit of a burn in there. This one with the habanero, the burn is almost immediate, and. It, it, but it's it's good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I'm really enjoying. Well, I did enjoy <laughs> what was there. So let's reset the table and do cocktail number two. And cocktail number two is going to be a a very traditional um, margarita, but we're going to top it with a little bit of a surprise. All right, so we have just finished the dirty margarita. We are moving on to cocktail number two, and Brian's going to set the table on this one. What do we got going on? So this one is really a pretty simple margarita as they go. It it just has a little bit of a surprise at the end of what we're going to top the margarita with, but it's a very traditional margarita in that we're going to have tequila, we're going to have agave, we're going to have fresh lime juice, we're going to have... I think that's really about it, except for the special surprise. So I'm just going to start making the cocktail. So again, I'm just trying to create a nice sample for all of us until people weighed in on what are actually their favorites. So I'm actually going to start with um, four ounces of the tequila. And this, again, is a silver tequila. But I've added the agave. I've added the tequila. Now I'm adding the lime. And I'm going to add about two, maybe three ounces of the lime. Yep, I'm going to add a third. He's adding the lime juice. (laughs) And uh, I think that is... Oh, and the um, Cointreau, the orange liqueur. Um, And we're going to put two ounces of the orange liqueur in as well. Technically, that's key lime juice. Oh, key lime. Yes. Okay, I I would assume that's different. It has a different taste. It does. It does. I I think it's a little more acidic, uh, a little bit more... um, I prefer it. It has a little sweeter component to it. Um, it's the really small limes you right. buy in the big bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they add a really nice sweet component to a cocktail. Um, so I'm probably going to make a mess here. I don't want to do that. So I appreciate that. Stir this extraordinarily well and give you some good sound effects um, for you to baffle your mind over going. Could he have stirred that a little quieter? No. We're trying to drown out the fly. (laughs) (laughs) We have a fifth visitor in the studio now, but he's not drinking. That's a fly in the ceiling. And if you um, feel how cold that is. Oh, yeah. Feel how cold that is. So, and now I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm going to strain this all into the glasses. And then I'm going to put the surprise topper on it. The surprise topper. Brian is now straining the drink into a plastic cup. He's now pouring the water, the melted ice, out of the cup. And it's only going to get better. Into the cup number three. Now he's pouring out the water of cup number four. 
and straining the drink into the cup. We're going to take our spoon and we're going to take our spoon and we're going to turn it upside down and we're going to put a nice pour of a Malbec. So by pouring it over the back of the spoon, it allows it not to go, it just sits on top of the cocktail. Ah. So if you were to pour it directly in, it would go in and try and mix itself with the cocktail versus just getting that floating effect. That looks beautiful. Really does. Very pretty. So the first thing I'm thinking is tequila sunrise because it's two different colors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but my gosh, this is a work of art. Thank you, you. You've got kind of the 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 dark yellow, cloudy margarita at the bottom. You've put the Malbec wine at the top, and which is a a dark, a very uh, almost a purplish type of uh, color. I find it to be really nice with the blend of that nice Argentinian wine, but now you're getting into the Mexican flavors as well with the tequila and the lime and the, um, the, the agave. Carmen, your thoughts? It's lovely. It's uh, it's very refreshing. It feels very light. I think just kind of comparing it to the last one, um, yeah, it's unique. Having the wine on top, it really brings a unique feel and flavor. And getting just a little bit of that as I sip the margarita from the bottom is kind of coming through to the top. And yeah, it's a lovely combination. Love it. Hugh? So the first drink was a palate bomb, which was in a good way. This one, like Carmen said, is smooth. This, this is a visual bomb. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's a good drink. I could see drinking one of these on a hot summer day. You're out on the patio. And uh, and again, visually, it's just it's a cool looking drink. Mm -hmm. Well, now you know why we had trouble only doing one. Give the ingredients again. Yeah, so it's um, tequila. So again, all these will be on bourbongospel.com as well. But uh, tequila, um, Cointreau, agave, lime juice, and then topped with the Malbec or any good red wine. Um, Malbec is how it was introduced to me. Malbec is how I'm serving it. You know, I'm, for lack of a better um, description, calling it a Malbec margarita. The Malbec margarita. All right, we're going to set the table again and then come up with the AM Podtail, the official drink of the About Mansfield podcast. The table is now set for margarita number three, the official cocktail of the About Mansfield podcast. And Brian's going to tell us about uh, about this one. So w when I had this idea, because sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I have these really strange ideas, and this was one of them, which was looking at the calendar and figuring out what cocktails I was going to present each week for your cocktail of the week. I looked at the map and said Cinco de Mayo. We need to do another margarita-flavored cocktail. And the best bartender that I know is Ryan um, Olmos at Medea. And, um, and so I contacted Ryan and I said, hey, would you be okay if we came up and we played with some flavors? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Love playing with flavors with you. We've done that in the bar before. Um, and he says, you know, just bring your A-game. And so, you know, I just started kind of thinking of flavors that I wanted to play with that I played with in other genres that weren't necessarily tequila genres, but other flavors that I played with that I know that pair well. And some of them are a little off for people. People are like, ooh, what's, why 
why are you doing that, but yet work? Like one of my favorite desserts is bluebell ice cream, vanilla, homemade vanilla ice cream, mm. drizzled with <laughs> reduced balsamic vinegar. And I know that sounds disgusting, but it's very Italian, um, and the, the the creaminess and the vanilla just pair perfectly with the brightness of the balsamic vinegar. And so, one of the balsamic vinegars that I love to make is a strawberry balsamic simple syrup that I use with my old fashions. Um, and they're among my most popular served old fashions, um, probably only after the smoked blueberry old fashioned. Executive Pastor Hugh? Uh, I would concur. In fact, uh, you need to make some more of that film this summer. <laughs> we have been out for a while, so we definitely do need to recreate that. But then I started thinking, okay, tequila, what else is going to work with tequila? And, and I was like, oh, basil. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna take strawberry and we're gonna take basil and we're gonna take reduced balsamic vinegar, and then we're gonna mix that in a very traditional style of of tequila or margarita, but then I want to do something a little off as well. And so I was like, wait a minute, what if we used limoncello mm. instead of Cointreau? So, but being the cheap person that I am, I instead bought instead of limoncello because there's 42 different limoncellos at Total Wine. Is I bought Paula's lemon liqueur, which again gets us back to the Texas. It's a very similar flavor profile. The expert Steve Casillo can confirm that or deny it. But I thought that that would be another kind of shift in what we're doing. So okay, we're gonna if if we, if I could the question about the limoncello because we we make ours with vodka, yet in a margarita it's tequila. So wouldn't that would that clash? Well, I don't know. With- um, again, you know, I'm I, I'm not the I'm not Danny DeVito who he and George Clooney apparently drink limoncello all the time together. So I'm actually serving Steve just some of the lemon liqueur, which is like limoncello. It is good. It is a little bit of a, a little thick, again, like a syrupy, uh, but it, it does definitely have a lemon flavor to it. For this particular one, I've got three strawberries that I'm quartering and dropping in a large Boston shaker, removing the green tops. Um, we're then going to be muddling this with the reduced balsamic vinegar. I now have have basil that I picked this morning from my garden, um, and I'm going to spank it on the back of my hand as I pull the leaves then off. I'm sorry, you're doing what? I spanked it. Mm. I like to spank my basil. So We're it not releases about the basil oil faulty. of some. Or yes, something it does. To that it's not just because it's been <laughs> bad. Ooh, smell it. Just, so yeah. it releases the oils. It releases the flavors. The office now smells much like my garden. So a lot of basil in it. So I've got that in there, and then I'm going to add about two ounces of the reduced balsamic vinegar. And this is um, about twice the thickness of a just balsamic vinegar that you would buy in the store. And now I'm going to take the same silver tequila and I'm going to use the same three ounces-ish, maybe four ounces. It's later in the day. I'm going to take the limoncello, the texacello. Texacello. And I'm going to use two ounces of it. So now using the, the lime juice. Not the key lime. Not the key lime. Oh, the wow. regular lime juice. The regular lime. And the, the thumping that you hear is Brian muddling... 
the basil. Which I'll be doing a lot of muddling this weekend. Can anyone guess why? It's a derby. It's a, it's a derby? Kentucky derby, and I will be making <laughs> some mint juleps. <laughs> so I'm going to then strain this because of the strawberry and the basil and everything in there. Brian is straining the margarita into glass number two and now into number three. The audience is completely silent and in awe. And now is pouring into number four. It looks like a dark brown. I feel like I'm at a golf match. Yeah. <laughs> and then I already have a slice of lime in here that I've already squeezed into the glass. And then I'm going to take four extra basil leaves and float on top. I can smell the basil from here. Are you going to spank? He's, he's spanking the, the basil again. Ooh, aromatic. Oh, is it ever? Pick up the lime. Mm. Yep. And this cocktail is called? The About Mansfield Podtail. The About Mansfield Podtail. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think the mouth bomb-wise, it's, uh, it's in the middle of the, the two. Mm. And I love just having that fresh basil at the very top that you get that scent with the balsamic and the mm -hmm. strawberry kind of all together. Yeah, this is delicious. Go over the ingredients again for yeah, those that are home. And again, we'll be on the Bourbon um, Gospel podcast. Sure. But, um, ingredients include tequila, um, the habanero agave, the fresh lime juice, um, and we use the Paula's um, lemon liqueur um, called the Texacello. And then um, what we added was a strawberry um, and basil and the reduced balsamic vinegar. We took the um, reduced balsamic vinegar, the basil, and the um, strawberries, muddled them in the glass, poured in the other three components, stirred with ice, and then served in fresh glass, and then topped it with a squeeze, a, a, squeeze, a, a quarter of a lime squeeze, and a fresh additional leaf of basil. Let's go around the table, get a final thought on the AM pod tail, Hugh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So no, it's uh, it it just has a great flavor. You got to try it at home, Carmen. I think it's delicious. I'm super glad that it's your signature drink at this point because I think all of your future guests will um, have the opportunity to look forward to this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> It's delicious. Brian, you've outdone yourself. This Thank is you, outstanding. Thank you. And I'm I'm very, very happy to to say that this drink is the official drink of the About Mansfield podcast. I want to say thank you to Hugh, who is the executive pastor and pilot. Chief pilot. Chief pilot of Bourbon Gospel. Thank you for being here today. My pleasure. Carmen. Always good to see you. And you. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. And uh, Brian, go ahead and close us out with the quote from Mark Twain, as you always do. And we appreciate you being on About Mansfield. So Mark Twain said that too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. By the way, if you would like to hear the entire unedited 60-minute version of the Podtail interview, log on to our website at aboutmansfield.com. There will be a link at the top of the homepage. 
Brian goes a little deeper with his stories, and uh, frankly, we got downright silly. It's a fun listen. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News, Talk, and Information. We will also hear stories of days gone by when we talk in studio with Mansfield native Ricky Wilson. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. This Sunday is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there listening and especially to my wife and my mom. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Home Improvement feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature, Brian Certain. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. Mansfield.